Yo, 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 welcome to episode 6 of Off and Beats. I am your host, Clint. In today's episode, I dive into the recent Red Table Talk episode, where apparently um, the vagina narrative is not correct. I'll uh, dive deep into why that's uh, fairly incorrect, because there's no narrative to begin with. And then I do a little NBA update of the playoffs, and then I read a poem at the end called What's the Hold Up by your boy. And then for the rap preview today, it's also another clip from one of my uh, old raps called Sunset. Yes, we have a great, we have a, nah, not great, it's a pretty good show today. We have a pretty good show today for you guys. All right, guys, let's get it. Ooh, yeah. Vagina. We be leaving the night until the moon's shining. Oh. Fuck gravity. I feel like I walk in the air, but I still tread lightly. Lightheaded, just a notch press with how much I can hold in my stomach round like the moon's shining. I need a drinking buddy who can keep up with the shots because I'm cocked and loaded Ooh. and sweaty. I'm kind of horny, but I just think because my cock is loaded. Ready to release like new music from an artist. I like to paint my story. Whatever comes to mind, I'm inspired by your body language. Don't worry, baby girl, I study. You ain't gotta translate it. I know you see my eye peeping at your thigh. You call me Sylvester, cause I want your pretty cat is mine. I love some Looney Tunes, even though this ain't a cartoon. You're pretty animated, I wanna see you soon and show you what I can do. I want you like my hash browns on a what house menu that's laminated. All the way, ain't nothing off the table with me because what you see is what you get no matter what I'm feeling I'm going to eat always I need a moment to myself just breathe often beats with Clint ew what is a pussy eaters favorite t-shirt to wear a v-neck Yes, welcome to episode 6 of Often Beats. I'm your host, Clint. And, um, let's just say that's a great, uh, great opener to kind of slide into what we're gonna talk about to start the show with. Um, I want to do a quick open about this article I came across. Just side note, I don't plan for every show to be about an article, an opinion type of thing, but... Coming a lot of ones that need to be addressed, and I find interesting and misguided. So, I came across this article on complex.com. You know, complex, one with academics, Joe Budden used to be on, made famous, you know. So, they did an article about a recent episode on the Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett, uh, her kid, her mom, you know. They talk about open things, you know, it's very, I think the idea of the show actually is very positive overall. I think it has well-intentioned and (sighs) well-meaning. But this one really kind of, it confused me. By confused, I mean, like, what the fuck? Okay, so in this episode, the topic was about steaming vaginas. Yes. Now, it wasn't just talking about it. Apparently, they um made a big spectacle about. I'm assuming they didn't show the actual process being done on camera or nothing like that. 
but basically the whole show is about steaming vaginas, which is some type of cleanliness, hygienic thing for, you know, being hygiene down there, I'm assuming. So, here's a quote from, I'm about to read some quotes that were in the show to kind of give us a synopsis what happened in the show so here's a quote we are going to steam our vaginas yes we are going to steam our vaginas on camera okay i don't know maybe they did steam it on camera i don't know i ordered some kits from a really beautiful young black woman who owns her own business so we're gonna head on up And we're going to get started. Let's go get steamed, ladies. Now, during the show, they discuss um, the age-old practice. I'm assuming it's an old practice. And basically, they talk about how important it is for women to celebrate their anatomy. I think think that is good. Because apparently... um, it's considered that specific practice, steaming vaginas, is considered taboo. But maybe, but maybe the whole subject of just talking about your vagina in a non-sexual way and self-cleanliness and stuff like that, you know, open conversation. I think you know, I I think there's some validity to that. And then so I'm I'm reading on, and then I get to a quote. That the reason why they want to talk about is to debunk a narrative. What do I mean by that? Well, let me just read the narrative. And as I'm going through, I'll address some things in there. I'm sure boys sit around all day talking about their penises. Well, let me stop right there. We don't. Um... Maybe uh, I could probably say like when you're in your young teen years, you're going through puberty, you're learning, you're learning uh, some things about yourself. You're uh, getting a little touchy feeling. You're touching gloves in a sense before you start the match. But the sad part about that line right there before I continue is I think it kind of sets up the fact that I don't think she truly understands what men actually talk about, which I think if you look at her personal life is very self-evident. And I don't think it's always fair, by the way, to expect the opposite sex to understand what the opposite sex talks about with their girlfriends or their buds. Like, I don't think you have to know everything, nor do I think it's good that you know everything they talk about. Some things are better kept away but I think it is kind of a light shined on what the rest she's about. If you're going to talk about a narrative, maybe you should know what the narrative is actually applying to. If there even is one, which I think you will see as we continue. Now, continuing. I mean, that's why I'm telling you right now. I don't want to hear nothing about this show. It's being TMI, which means too much information. And all that, 
Because if you can listen to all of these little rap artists, don't know why she's calling them little, these little rap artists talk and abuse the vagina. I'm assuming she's talking about male artists when they're always talking about smashing pussy, getting it, fucking a bunch of girls, and just tossing it around. Well, something can only get tossed around on a human being if you kind of want it to be tossed around. But I digress. Woman empowerment. Woman power. Woman power. But see, with woman power comes woman comes choice. And you decide what you toss around and hold tight. But when she's saying little rap artists talk and abuse the vagina. I'm assuming talking about negative way. Talking about such a non-feminine way. Okay. Um, let's say for argument's sake that is true. I guess she hasn't listened to many women female artists because they talk about how amazing their pussy is they talk about how much guys can't get enough of it it's always self-absorbed it's always propping yourself up it's talking about how great your shit is because it's kind of what music is when especially hip-hop and rap is very braggadocious it's very i look what i got Look how good my shit is, literally and figuratively. It's about propping yourself up, making yourself look like something that a following would want to be. Female, specifically rap artists, typically don't talk about how trash their pussy is. They're not, my pussy trash, but my next bitch is. No, no. Their shit's always fire. Regardless of heavy evidence from previous interactions with other men would probably say. But that's fine. Men talk about how good their shit is. Women talk about how good their shit is. So I eh, I think that's pretty normal. So I don't really think she truly understands that aspect. Now continuing. You sure as hell can watch women give it honor and praise. Let me read. You sure as hell can watch a woman give it honor and praise and spend quality time. So I don't want to hear it. They'll be like, it's TMI. Too much information. Oh my God. And I don't really care because we have to choose the narr- we have to change let me repeat that because we have to change the narrative around the vagina and women have to take it back that's the whole quote about what her i guess the whole purpose behind doing this episode the whole message she's trying to she's trying to change the narrative of the vagina by Showing that steaming it is normal, which um, I don't think anyone ever had a negative view about woman cleaning or keeping their vagina up to date hygienically. I think uh, most men or women prefer that. I think most women or men would prefer a, a nice penis. A very clean, slick, 
Something that doesn't smell like a bag of old hash browns. One that doesn't smell like you've worn the same shorts for three days with no underwear and haven't showered. I think most people would agree that cleaner vaginas and cleaner genitalia in general is typically a good sign of humanity. So I don't understand this narrative. What... And I, th- I think it kind of opened my eyes on what, when people, see, oh, I feel like the word narrative is way overused. I feel like there's situations where I, that actually can purely apply. But I also feel like a lot of people create narratives in their head that no one really is on board with or no one is really thinking of or no one, it's not even a public knowledge type of thing. And so they feel like they got to debunk this narrative they've created in their head. Like, I don't think anyone woke up this past week and it's like, man, someone really needs to spread the word about cleaning vaginas. And making sure that men understand why we need to do these, you know, taboo rituals to make us feel more like a woman. And when you use the word, and I feel like she's creating a narrative that's not there, but now it's going to be there. Which, it's not really a harmful one. It's really one, it's not really damageful in any way. Like any alt-right like dudes like, oh, women are attacking us and all this shit. Nah, like any reasonable person's like, it's not really that big of a deal. You just move on about your day. It's nothing life-changing. It's nothing actually matters. It's not social issues or nothing. But I do think it is a microcosm of kind of the mentality of a lot of people these days. And typically, the thing is, is typically it's a younger people that think a certain way, but now it's kind of festered. Because, you know, when you get older, you want to feel young still. I think that's normal. Get a few gray hairs, you want to diet, you know, you get divorced, want to want to date a younger man, 24, barely graduated, has some things together, but really doesn't know what to do with his life, but man, he's fun to be around. You get to get in his Hummer, his H3, and get to ride down dirt roads, go to the lake, feel like you're 25 again, like you were with your ex-husband when you had those formal years of the honeymoon phase and you want to feel that honeymoon phase again right you want to feel young again and by feeling young is by you have to start thinking young what is the whole point of gaining wisdom growing through life if you just kind of go back to the all the growth you had but then you want to fester back into your youth and become ignorant again. Here's the thing. When you can say something at a, your early 20s, mid 20s, and you can be, you can grow over time and maybe change your mind in the right direction. You can grow as a person. And people will give you time to grow, give you room to grow for the most part. When you're in your 40s, mid 40s, I'm going to assume she, her age is. When you start kind of 
putting stuff out there that seems very ignorant and really a childish mindset in a lot of ways. It's really hard to for people to take you as serious. Yes, she's famous. Yes, she has a successful show. Yes, she married Will Smith. She's been in some movies. She uh but she is a no pun intending setting off the wrong message. Okay. Now, let me go a little bit further of where I want to get out with this. I'm let me read the bottom. She talks about wanting women to take it back. Again, how can um someone take something back that was never taken from them? No one took your vagina. No one took your right to do what you want with it. Like literally, no one. Having bad hygiene all around is a typically not a good thing. So I'm assuming when she means the whole when she's talking about the whole being in charge of her vagina thing and feel like it's being taken away. I feel like there's a lot of laws in this country that uh, refute that. You know, now you can get an abortion if you want. You can sleep with whoever you want. There really be no ramifications of significance. But here's also what I think that people lose track of when... You want whole control of your vagina, which you already do. So if you're creating a narrative that you don't have control of your vagina, maybe that's just you. Because everyone else has control with who they sleep with, with the exceptions of serious cases like rape and shit like that. But people, women have control with who they have sex with. And part of this whole pro-choice thing and pro-body is being responsible and accountable for who you sleep with. See, having, you want, it gives off the intention and vibe, and I hate that word vibe, but it gives off the vibe that you want people to respect your vagina. You want people to respect your decisions You want people to respect your ability to make decisions with your body. But then when you make them, you don't want to deal with the ramifications that come with making decisions with and for your body. One of the great things about making decisions for your body is that you have control. Also, one of the bad things you can say is that you are accountable for what you can control. So you can't, don't sit here and complain about guys that you have kids with when you gave them the quote unquote privilege that you call your pussy. You gave them the privilege to hit that over and over and over and over again. Then you have kids from them. 
and then you bitch about the same characteristics that you saw when they were hitting that. You want respect. You want you want people to respect your vagina. But man, you really liked him when he disrespected that shit, man. Over and over and over. Now let me tell you why I'm getting low graphic to make this point about your ability. Mm. When you you want pro choice, pro power, and you should. I do believe women should have control of their bodies. You should make a decision whether you want an abortion or not. You should also live with the ramifications that come with that decision. You should also live with the ramifications of the people you sleep with. You should also live with the ramifications of the fact that you made that choice. Because we have a real, real issue. And unfortunately, it's not even younger, naive men and women. Because honestly, this is an issue that it seems like I'm focused on women for this. But it's really a message to all people, men and women of specific age ranges. That there's ramifications to everything you do. There's ramifications to having choices. And one of the ramifications of having choices is that you have no one to blame but yourself. No one no one told you that you couldn't sleep with multiple guys at the same time. No one told you that three different dudes can come inside of you in the same week. But they did. And with the power that you have of your vagina, it's the same power you should hold yourself to. The same pedestal you put your vagina on and you think people should put your vagina on that same pedestal. Just remember that your vagina is very vulnerable. It can be hurt. It can also be taken care of. But damn. Also, here's a really dynamic way of putting this. How, and this is a general message, but it applies here. Again, this situation is a microcosm of what I feel like a lot of people struggle with the idea of self-accountability. Because that's really all this shit comes down to. We want people to respect things about us. We want people to respect, for example, in this case, we want people to respect our hymen. And I know T.I. gets a lot of slack and he deserves that. I'm not even defending that shit. That's a completely different situation. But... We want people to respect things that we don't respect ourselves, of ourselves. It's like demanding, it's like a guy demanding respect from a woman. 
who he doesn't do anything to deserve being respected. He's a pussy, pushover. Has no real bass in his voice. Draws no line in the sand. Has no real values or morals. He has nothing he stands by. How How is any person going to respect that guy? How is anyone going to respect you when you're letting three guys come inside of you a week? Oh, but then when you find someone you want to have kids with, you want to hold them. You want to hold them out. You want to make them wait because you want them to earn something that no one else before you had to earn. You just gave it to them. But some guy that generally likes you and you like him back. And it's a genuine thing that you want to see through. But you want to hold out on that guy? Hmm. Tell me, what do you really respect? As people, what do we really respect? We want, we have this desperate need for people to respect us when there's nothing there to be respected. And this, in reality, we all know that respect is earned, not given. Respect is through actions, not display. We all get that. But for some reason, we want to feel like we're the exception. We want to feel like we want to get over on people. We want to take advantage of things. We want to use gender roles to our disadvantage, but then use them to our advantage. We hate gender roles until, you know, I need them to work. Like, I'll use this example. As a dude, how are you going to sit here, claim you want a wife that can sweep, wife that can cook, a wife that can organize your house, be a home caretaker, take care of your kids, keep the house together, right? You want a woman to have all these general skills, but you can't even fix, you can't even put sheetrock up in the basement. You can't even fix some doorknobs. You can't even cut the yard. You can't even do an oil change. You can't even take, you can't even fix basic things on her vehicle. You can't even like lift shit. You don't even know the difference between wood and wood, okay? You don't know what it means to be a man and step up, but you want a woman. See how I made it fair there? Because this isn't about attacking women. It's a microcosm of a bigger issue in society. And I hate doing generalizations of society, but in this case, it really does apply. You control your body. So accept the ramifications, end quote. Of having those choices of your body. Would you rather live in a world. Where you don't have those choices. Hmm. Yeah we could go back in time. and Where women really didn't have choices. So this whole. I felt like I went off the rails there for a little bit. But I'm going to get back real quick. And just finalize my thoughts on Jada in the whole idea of this. Please, ladies, go steam your vaginas. Go wax them. Clean them. You know, nay air. I don't know what the fuck you guys do. Douches. I, look, I'm ignorant a lot of this shit. All I know is here's, here's what I know. Don't, like, look, I'm not even gonna say that. 
Whew, gotta be nasty. Ooh, can I get a little nasty, Claire? Ooh, can we ooh, nasty? But on serious note, clean, clean y'all selves all around. Men and women, please clean your genitalia. Groom yourself, if, groom yourself a little. You don't have to be clean shaven. You don't have to make a Narnia path for her. But you know, be considerate. Not to get too deep in the weeds here. I think most ladies take care of themselves, so I don't even feel like I need to be dressed. I will. Could you imagine, though? Could you imagine if let's reverse the roles? I don't even feel like this needs to be said. I feel like we all just know if you reverse the roles and guys on a podcast made this whole spectacle about some type of steaming your balls and dick and your pelvis area, like steaming it, grooming it, made this whole spectacle. I'm pretty sure a lot of the comments would be tone deaf. It would be, oh my God, guys are so pathetic. But what if we're trying to change the narrative? Hmm. I Let's just say I don't think it would be as accepted. So in conclusion, clean y'all's insides out and hold yourself accountable for what comes inside and out. All right, coming next, whatever comes to mind. Ooh. Welcome, welcome back. Um, Actually, what I want to do, I kind of want to do this semi-regularly since it is the playoffs. I kind of want to give my updated um opinions on the NBA. So if you're not in the sports or don't give a fuck about NBA, um, I guess tune out. But, oh Jesus, burping from that Jets, BLT pizza means for big licking titties. Yes, and that's why there's mayo in it, because licking big titties, extra mayo, extra. Oh, so I want to give a little NBA insight. Okay, so it's... About 6.30, um, the Nets game, uh, the series just tied up 2-2. Get my quick thoughts on that. Uh, well, Kyrie twisted his ankle. Doesn't look too good. He landed pretty hard. Um, before, before this, even if Harden never came back, I really thought the Nets would just finish out the series. The Bucks may win one more game type of stuff, but I felt like the Nets would have won 4-2. Um... I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Chris Middleton. I really am. He's not only stepping up on the offensive end, being more assertive, playing the right way. I don't even say playing the right way. What the fuck do I know about playing the right way? People, stop saying playing the right way when you don't know what fucking playing the right way is. (sighs) Jesus. Chris Middleton is just on fire, picking his spots where he wants. I know the last game he had like 35 and 15 when they won. Even though they struggled offensively because Giannis was shooting bricks like a motherfucker. And by the way, for the commenters shitting on him for taking threes and shit. I think Giannis should decide how he wants to fucking play. Shitting on him every time he takes a three when he's the best player on the fucking team. And he has to take open shots. Because even though Middleton's playing up, they have Drew Holiday. They need him to take fucking shots. Alright, 
Jesus fucking Christ, man. But I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Chris Middleton. I think he's really stepped up. People have shit on, is he a real number two? I think he's starting to submit that pure number two, one of the best second scorers in the league, genuinely. I like the way he's playing. Drew Holiday just brings a dynamic around the rim, drive into the rim that they haven't had ever. And just, he's a really fucking good player. He sets up the offense, great around the rim, great great setup guy. He just tones down the offense. He just runs an efficient offense. He brings structure to the offense instead of Giannis just catching the ball in the post and just putting up a shot and dunking. Like He makes easier shots for everyone. Maybe that's why the uprise of Middleton. Now... The Nets. Before, I've always like, I'm not the biggest Harden fan, but obviously you can't deny his talent. You can't deny his skill set. They're really, especially with Kyrie, they were they were getting by without him. And they were playing really well, but man, they really they really need him just for setting up the offense. Like I it is. Even though they're hella talented all around, without him on the court, they're just not. They just. It just doesn't look that good, man. There's my expert analysis. It doesn't look that good. If Durant's off, man, they're going to lose by 15 to the Bucks, as of right now. Because just by looking, I don't think Kyrie's going to be back for. At best, if they make it to a game seven, and even if he does, I'm interested to see how he looks. Will it be like a Anthony Davis thing where he comes back in the first like six minutes? You could just tell this dude shouldn't be out there. But this the series is still interesting, you know. I think it'll be very, very, very intriguing how um this all. How this series ends up. Now, my personal favorite series of, even though now they're down 3-0 and they play later tonight, they may get swept. My most interested series I've been keeping up with the most is the Nuggets and the Suns. Ooh, man. I'm not going to lie. I underrated the Suns a little bit. They're doing a whole, obviously they're fucking good. But I didn't realize how well they played as a team. I really didn't like how well they moved the ball on offense. And by the way, not the um, pat myself on the back, but you know, Chris Paul is a everything and a slice of butter bread. You know, he's just spreading those wonders this round. 15 assists, no turnovers, the previous games and the last game. The most impressive part about the last game, man, if anyone wants to go back and watch it, if you did watch it. You know, they had a surmountable, like in the second half, and he did a little bit in the first half, but the second half especially, he kept going to that same mid-range spot, and he was open every fucking time. And it was nothing but net, like 90% time. I think he may have missed like one shot. He would either go to the, near the corner, not like the corner corner, but like he would dribble off the top, go right, someone set a screen. Goes about 18 feet from the basket, from the right side. He'd be open, drive to the same spot, and he knew it. 
He would either go there or he would come from the right side. Someone screened him. He would go to the middle near the free throw area. Make it. I think what's getting exposed the most about the Nuggets is the putrid lack of chemistry on defense. And it's no more apparent, and I don't want to point anyone out, but, you know, they say it on the broadcast. You know, it's pretty apparent what's going on. Michael Porter is just so lost on that side of the court. He doesn't. He jumps at everything. And when you have Jay Crowder, you have Devin Booker. If you put Porter on Devin Booker, you might as well just, like, stamp your ticket home, man. It's... It's a. Uh, it's not good. It's funny to watch for entertainment reasons, but it's not fun to watch. He's having some with the bag issue, and it's obviously playing to his offensive game. He started off a little better last game, but then he kind of he kind of festered in what happened the previous game where he made like one shot for one for eleven. In this game, he's like three for something. Like it wasn't. And him being the second primary scorer that they need. They just don't have enough all-around offense. Jokic is going to get his assist because the dude's fucking doing what he can. But they need a legitimate ball handler that can help him out. Yes, he can get the assist, dribble it up. And he's MVP. But they really need to find a way to make this shit better. It's not going to work, man. It's just not. Um, unfortunately, I feel like they lose tonight. And even if they do win, they're going to lose the next game. You know, I like Jokic. I don't think getting swept should tarnish his MVP. I think, of course, that's what's going to happen. People, you lost in the second round. Yeah, he lost in the second round to Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and like the number two seed in the West. There's a reason why the Nuggets were a six to seven seed. Or maybe they were three or four, but they weren't that high for a reason. Jokic without Jokic wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Not even close. All right. And for the Utah Jazz versus the Clippers. I'll tell you what I took away from last night. That I wouldn't say I was surprised, but it's the first time the Clippers have actually shown it. We were wondering why Kawhi Leonard wasn't on Donovan in the first couple games. Maybe he's hurt and all this shit, and he was kind of playing cool. They set the tone from the beginning. We're shutting you out, Donovan. In the first quarter, he didn't have any points. And the biggest thing, he didn't... I think he took like one or two shots. Because Kawhi was just covering that dude like Spider-Man, man. Dude was sticking, man. It was... Like... It was really like... Back in the NFL. Where they would have stick him. And Kawhi just like put his body on Donovan. His chest was just sticking on him. The whole fucking time. Wouldn't even let entry passes to him off inbound plays. In the second quarter, they took quiet. Paul George was on him. Then he started to get Donovan started cooking a little. And I know Donovan ended the game with like 30-something points just because he's that good. That's because they started kind of taking Kawhi off of him. And I think they did their job. They, They stopped the flow in the first quarter so he couldn't get that massive lead to begin with. And their suffocating defense really all night. Even though Utah still hit some shots. Just how hard it was for Utah to get buckets compared to previous games. 
think it's going to be in their head. And I think Kawhi knew he did that at the beginning of the game to make Donovan in a more submissive or more passing type of game. He made Donovan try to be a playmate distributor. And he honestly did fairly well. But the offense wasn't flowing. By Kawhi doing what he's doing, everyone else cutting passes off, kicking balls out of bounds, just stopping the flow of the Utah offense, I think was the biggest difference. And Paul George was cooking. He he was a... He's cooking uh, some scrambled eggs there. But it was a... Yeah, I was very impressed with the Clippers. Do I still think the Jazz will win the series? Yes. I don't think the Clippers are really that good overall as a team. I think they could have these hot stretches like last night. When they're defensively locked in, then... If they're defensively locked in, then yes, they could. But uh, they just haven't shown the ability to do as such. All right. I'm trying to think. What is the other series? Uh, Whatever the other series is, no one gives a fuck, to be honest. But, yeah, that is is my NBA review. But, yes, coming next, um, I'm actually going to change it up a little bit. As you guys know, I'm a writer at heart. I'm a storyteller. I'm going to read a poem of some sort, even though it's really in the structure of a rap and shit. But I'm going to read some coming up next. Stay tuned. And All right, guys, welcome back. I am going to read a original um, uninstrumental rap poem. Yeah, we'll just call it a fucking open verse poem, spoken word, slam poetry. Maybe this will slam poetry down. But yes, this is something called, So, What's the Hold Up? <clears throat> By your boy, Clint. Yeah. I heard you heard. I got up at the house in the Hyatt. Sorry, sorry. Let me uh, restart that. I had a malfunction with the mic. But I fixed it. Alright guys, here we go. So, what's the hold up? Yeah. I heard you heard. I got up at the lounge in the Hyatt. Life's changed so much since we spoke. You probably don't even buy it. Well, I'm here to confirm it's true. Just come by. Tip the doorman 50. That's the cue he know I sent you. Then he'll say 232 is the room on 427. Just say thanks, keep it moving, make sure you dress to be reppin'. Because the places I can get in now are a bit different than when we first met back in 15. You would take orders, I would prep and make. Used to get a little frisky by the quarter pounder boxes on our 
overlapping breaks. A lot of shit's changed since those days. I don't like the remnants about the past, but I hate that you're in them. Some things I could have done different, but without me pursuing this life, there was always going to be something missing. Now, it's just you, because I can do more than just love you for you. I can bring the ease to your life so you can tap into everything you ever visualized for yourself, but you didn't believe in me then. I don't hold that against you because I've made me have a harder grip on the pen. Tapping into pressure points like I was bartending. We can legally drink together now and get drunk as more than friends. So you can lay out on you can lay it all out on the table like it's Thanksgiving. I'm not saying it'll change our lives, but it'll be life changing. I don't want to just catch up. I want to patch up any wounds any man has caused you since we last fucked. I feel responsible for any man that's hurt you since. Should have been me and only me. But you chose the opinions of your friends. But I don't blame you. But for now on, when I go out, I'm going to be the one to claim you. Not just on my taxes, because I could write off things now. That your best option would consider a danger. There's a degree of levels to this shit. What's considered a minor to me. He would need the equity. If you raised his degree. A couple of majors. Bars. You always want a full of ambition. With potential to come to fruition. We've been gone from each. Two presidents now. So what's the new terms and conditions? What's the holdup? By Clint Nelson. Now, that is, that's all I got for today's episode. Episode six of Often Beats. Yes. Um, I know... Um, in the last episode, I said I was going to do the neutering thing today, um, but I'm actually going to do it on the next episode. I came across this article, and it was fresh in my mind. I just had to fucking do it. But yes, I will get to the why you're a piece of shit for neutering your dogs and cats. I will get to that and um, make you feel bad, you inhumane little fucks. All right. Um, that was episode six of Often Beat. I'm your host, Clint. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube Often Beats. You can get daily jokes, you can get poems, you can get, you know, whatever the fuck. You can get the audio on here, whatever works for you. Um, you can go follow on IG at Often Beats. And, uh, yeah, you can also find me on Apple Podcasts. Um, make sure to follow here on Spotify, show some love. And, uh, yeah, have a great day today, guys, and uh, I'll be back. Oh, remember, suck some titties. Comedy. Ew.